This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. So I'm Pastor Sandy, and we are so glad that you're here. Uh, for those of you that are visiting, we are doing a series on called I Love My Church. And this is actually part two. Pastor did part one. So we're taking uh, turns to do this four-part series. And then this Sunday, I mean, this month has five Sundays. So on our fifth Sunday, our youth take over. So... <clears throat> All of our young people and all of our teenagers, from the worship to the message, they take over the whole entire service. So we're excited about that. And I did want to just share a little bit here. I feel like I'm echoing or something. Um, Just wanted to share just a little bit about the I Love My Church. The reason we do this, we do it one time a year. It's a series, and actually all of our campuses do it. And the reason why, one... For those that are part of the church, it's helped to remind us and to keep us focused and stayed on the things of God and the right definition of church and what really church is. And then, of course, according uh, along the way there, we end up having new people come in or we have uh, guests along the way or people that have started coming to the church that maybe have no perception of church or they have a bad uh, image of church, or they've never been to church at all. And so it's, it's to help us as we go through this, and we also have some little handouts out there that talk about the principles and, and loving uh, God's people and the church family. So that's why we do do this series. So you'll be able to get all of them on the podcast. There'll be four of them. Amen. And like I said, this is number two. I did want to just share a little something real quick because I thought it worked out so good in the first service. For those of you that were not here, the power was off. And I'll tell you about our faithful, committed, hardcore people, okay? I walked in, it's dark, and we had no power neither at our house. And, uh, but we walked in, and there's our girls got up here and sang with no music, just like, you know, there nothing. I mean, we were going to have church regardless. They had already were, were going on. Um, I did my message down there so I could sit on the stool, and I used the flashlight off my phone. So thank God for technology. Amen. It worked out right. I was able to put there. But what really, uh, when we were singing in the dark and praising God, it brought back a memory uh, that had happened to Pastor and I. At that time, um, our daughter would have been four and our son would have been two. Uh, and uh, we had been recently not saved for a long period of time. At that time, we were living in Slap Out, Alabama on a red dirt road, Chilton County line, out in the middle of nowhere. And we were new to the Lord, but... We didn't have any lights, but it wasn't because of a storm. It was because we didn't have money to pay the bill. So our lights had gotten shut off. But you know what? We had enough that had been put in us, and we had heard the word of God that God loved us. You know, and if we would just believe him and trust him, then no matter what, that everything would be all right. So we grabbed up them babies. And in the midst of no power and it being dark, 
we begin to dance in the living room and praise the Lord. And it reminded me of that as we were praising the Lord in the dark here, see? You know, that when you have God's love in your heart and a zeal to chase after him, you know, no matter what life tries to throw at us, no matter what the enemy tries to throw at us, you know, we live in a bad world with a bad devil, but we got a good and loving father, you know? But that in the midst of the storm, if we'll keep our eyes on him, he'll be the one that will bring us out and deliver us. Amen? So we had to look beyond what we were in and just said, we're going to praise the Lord anyway. We told them, babies, come on. We're going to thank Jesus and love him because in the end it will be all right. Right now we may not have no power. We really didn't have much food. We really didn't have anything, but we had Jesus. And I'll tell you, we danced, danced in there, had the best, best time, just danced around. And I'm telling you, the presence of God was so strong in the midst of that. And you know, it worked out all right. We got power back on. You know, God fed us. God took care of us. And amen, what, a, what an awesome testimony of God's goodness. Amen. So Father, we just thank you. We thank you, God, for your love. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. I ask right now, God, that their hearts will hear and receive your word. Oh, God, let them hear your heartbeat this day. I thank you right now already in advance for lives that have been touched, hearts that have been made tender, God, to receive your word. I thank you already, that God, that you've ministered to people, even as they drove on this parking lot, God, that they would feel and know your love. And thank you, God, for letting us be part of that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So the first scripture that I'm going to look at today is Ephesians 2. And it's going to be 19 through 22, and it's in the message. And like I said, the title is, I Love My Church, Part 2. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone, God is building a home. He's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here and what, and what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into a temple in which God is quite at home. Amen? That kind of just tells it all, sums it all up. Amen? Members of God's family. That's you and me. That's why, see, a lot of times we have a misconception or we've been mistaught about what church is. And church is not a building. The church is you and me. Okay? It's you and me. The family of God. It's not about what we sit in. It's not about how the building looks, whether we have a paved parking lot or not. It is about you and me. Because that's what the family is. That's what God created, us to be family. So God is first. He's foremost. He is our father. His greatest desire was what? A family. A family. It is why he created the earth and he created mankind, you and me, so that he could have family. His desire is so strong that he was willing to give his only son for you and me. 
so we could have family. If we could only grasp the heart of the loving Father who cherishes family above anything else and will at any cost preserve, protect them, then we're just barely scratching the surface, though, of God's love. You know, when you see a father's love in the natural or a mother's love, it's just scratching the surface of how much God loves us. His love for his family, for us, you can't even describe it because it's so big, so deep, and so wide. And God wants us to experience that love so we can go give that love away. I have a true story I want to share with you. On December 7th of 1988, an earthquake devastated the northwestern section of Armenia, killing an estimated 25,000 people in one small town. Just after the earthquake, a father rushed to his son's school, only to find that the school had been flattened and there was no signs of life. But he had no thought of turning back. He had often told his son, no matter what, I'll always be there for you when you need me. Though his prospects appeared hopeless, the father began feverishly removing rubble from where he believed that the son's classroom had been. Other parents wailed hopelessly, yelling, my son, my daughter. Some told the father, just go home. There's no chance that there's any children living. There's no way they could be alive. Yet he replied, I made my son a promise that I'd be there for him anytime he needed me. I must continue to dig. Courageously, he worked alone. No one helped him. No one volunteered to help. He simply had to know that in himself, that he had to know, is my boy alive or is he dead? Finding the strength and the endurance beyond himself, the faithful, loving father continued to dig for eight hours. 12 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours. And in the 38th hour, as he heaved away a heavy piece of rubble, he heard voices. Armin, he screamed. A child's voice responded, Father, it's me, Armin. Then he told the other children, Don't worry, I knew I told them that you were alive that you would save me, and when you saved me, you'd save them. You promised you'd always be there for me, Father. You did it. Moments later, the dad was helping his son Armin and 13 more frightened, hungry, and thirsty boys and girls climb out of the debris, free at last. When the building collapsed, these children had been spared in a tent-like pocket. When the townspeople praised Armin's dad, his explanation just was, I promised my son that no matter what, I'll be there for you. That's what our Father God, that's what our Daddy says to us. I'll always be there for you, no matter what. I'm always there for you. I'm always in your midst, even when we mess up, even when we walk away, even when we run in the opposite direction, even when we've made mistakes, or we have allowed and listened to the lie of the enemy and have drawn away from God. God has stood there always with his arms open wide and said, I'm here for you. I'm your loving father. I'm just waiting for you to return. I'm waiting for you to come back home. So our daddy's always there for us. He's always there for you. But remember, that's why it's so important to have a church family. Because regardless if you run off or you mess up or you're not here, guess what? you got a family that is praying for you, that is standing in the gap, 
that is saying, you know what? We're believing the best. We're going to pray protection over you. We're believing that they're going to come back home or they're going to find a home where God can feed and touch them. That's why the family unit is God's principal thing in the church. And that's why it's the strongest strength that the enemy fights so hard to keep you out of church. God said, don't forsake yourself for the assembling of my house. Why? Because there was a divine reason. There's a divine covering that comes over the house of God that God set in for you to have a shepherd, for you to have a people that would come together, not be out here by yourself. See, when I'm out here by myself, I'm easily distracted. I'm easily knocked down. But when I come together in a family and we lock arms, ain't nothing pulling us apart. See, it takes a lot more for the world and the enemy see to tear you down because we're locked together. We're cores stranded together so strong that no matter what comes, see, love, the love of God, the family of God can't be separated when we come together under the covering of family. The five primary functions of family are one, relationship, two, reproduction, three, nurture and development of the young, four, provision, and five, protection. I'm telling you, there's a divine protection because, see, when you're weak, then you've got family that's strong. See, and all of us are going to go through things and have times, but guess what? Together, we're better. And we're stronger when we're family. See, we got the same DNA if you've got Jesus living on the inside of you. And if you don't, it's as easy as saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. I don't want to do this by myself anymore. God, you drive the car. You drive it. And I'm going to tell you something. See, you go into a different thing when you come into a church and get connected and planted. There's power. But see, that's why there's so many churches and so many different homes. So that everybody has different needs or different appetites. So God set it up. You go find where you can be fed, where you can grow, where you can be challenged. Don't go just to hear what you want to hear. And your ears are always tickled. Because see, to not grow is not healthy. You'll become stagnant. See? And stagnant and stunted, and it don't smell good. You ever seen an old stagnant pond? Not all that green stuff. It gets scummy on top. It's nasty. It's nasty. Nasty. So you don't want to be nasty. Amen? Because we want to be attractive to the people that don't know Jesus. And how are they going to be attractive if I'm just worried about me and no more? Don't tell me nothing I don't want to hear. Don't challenge me to grow. I'm just going to stay my stagnant little stinky self. Then I'm not going to be good for anybody else, am I? See, because when I am allowed to be stretched and I grow and other people in my life, see, are rubbing me the wrong way and the church folk ain't perfect like you thought, then all of a sudden you have to say, God, help me. Maybe it's just not them all the time. Maybe it's me that's got the attitude. Maybe it's me that's just short-tempered. Maybe it's me that's sensitive, that wears everything on their shoulder. Maybe it's me that needs to grow up and be strong because then when I grow up and become strong, then I'll have more people for my life. Is that not what it's really about? People for our life. So that when you go on that day, 
whether we go by the grave or we go when he comes back for us, that we can stand in front of the Father and he can say, look back. Look at the sea of people that your life touched, that you made a difference. Well done, my faithful servant. Well done. But that's why we need family. Amen. And look, the church became imperfect when you walked in the door and I walked in the door, okay? But sometimes you got to just say, you know what, maybe they're having a bad day. Don't take everything so personal. Do you never have a moment or whatever? Let's have some mercy and grace and show sometimes patience with one another instead of all of a sudden, well, they walked right by me, didn't even look at me. Well, maybe who knows what they had going on? Who knows what that kind of week they had? Maybe you need to turn your little self around, run over to them and say, come here, I just want to hug you. Come here, I just want to love on you. Come here, I just want to tell you God loves you, I love you, and everything's going to be all right. Amen? So the church is, above all else, family. Your family. My family. We're family. Regardless of our color, our race, our age, where you came from, what kind of life you had, when you come in here, we're family. Amen? Amen? We're family. And we need to show them out there what real family is. Okay? We have an organization, sure. We have programs. You've got ministries and that. We've got all of that stuff, okay, to help function, to help people to grow. Amen? And to know more about God. But that's not why we exist. Okay, we really exist, why? Because of family. And to do the will of our Father, to do what God wants. And that's to go tell as many people as we can about his goodness and his love. Family is who we are. The will of the Father is what we do. We worship, we pray, we learn, we grow, we teach, we serve, we give. All of these are expressions. They come out of who we are in our doing. But they're not who we are. Family is who we are. The family of God. Jesus in us. See, we need to be Jesus with skin on. But they want somebody, see, not a perfect person. They're just looking for somebody that has a heart that says, look, I just want to tell you, I don't know everything, but I know the one who does. I just want you to know and see how much God loves you. No matter where you are or what you've been through, God loves you. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that is what we are, 1 John 3 and 1. You know, the Father's family rules are important. Okay, we're more important than me. Okay, we are more important than me. See, it's not just about me. We got to have we so God can send more in. We got to have we so we can pray for one another and go out and tell them so that they can come in and know the truth about who God is and so that they can walk in the fullness that God has for them so that they can walk in their destiny. Amen? So we is more important than me. Every member matters, but it's not more important than the family. So never one person's issues or greatness or whatever around here when you are in trouble, we all pray. We're with you. Amen? We're in there with you. When you get blessed and we rejoice with you. When you get a house or you get a vehicle or you get cancer wiped out of your body, we rejoice with you. Amen? When you're going through hard times, we're with you. 
See, so together we're better. Together we're family in the good and in the bad. Pastor and I celebrated 40 years in September, been together 42. But I'm going to tell you, always through, once we became Christians, because without God, I guarantee you we would not be together, okay? But as we became Christians and began to know and walk in God, there was something God planted in our heart that we had to say. Don't say divorce in your house. Don't say, well, I can do it by myself. Don't say I can find better because guess what? The devil will oblige you and you'll get what you say, okay? But what you need to say is when we lose, we lose together. When we win, we win together. When you mess up, we're still together. When I mess up, we're still together. When you make a bad choice, we're still together. When I made a bad choice, we're still together. Amen? When you buy something and sell it and make no money off of it, it's all right. We're together. Amen? Because there's going to be time, see, when you make a boo-boo or you think and then you need to know, okay, but we're in this still together, okay? Together. Who we are together is greater than who I am. It's us. It's we. Amen? I'm a stone, but we are a temple. Now he is using you. He's fitting you and me, brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ as the cornerstone that holds us all together. Through the good and the bad and the mistakes and the uglies and all that. See, if we keep Jesus at the center, then he'll hold us all together through troubling times holds the parts together, the holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is at home, at home. Mercy will triumph over judgment every day if that's what we believe and we practice, amen? The mercy and the love of God, that doesn't mean we condone, okay? Just like when your children do something wrong, doesn't mean you award, reward them, but you still love them, but then they have to teach and learn them, okay, that was not a wise choice. This is why it wasn't a right choice. We're going to do better, but we still love them, okay? So you have to have mercy, amen? We each are a part in which we each have a part. So when you become a family, that doesn't mean you just come in then and you sit on your do-nothing and never do anything, amen? Because as family, we're all apart. Just like when you were growing up, I'm sure somebody, hopefully, you were taught something, but somebody maybe had to take out the garbage. It was somebody turn, take turn to do the dishes. Somebody's turn to clean the toilet, sweep the ground, you know what I'm saying, sweep the floor. So you had parts. It's the same thing in the house of God. Whether you greet somebody at the parking lot, at the front door, whether you clean the church, you do the sound birth, you stand up here, you teach a class. No matter what you do, it's all a part. And it's an important part. Because without your part, the other parts can't function. See, that's why no part, don't never say, well, I just do this. Or I just do, no. Every part's important. And without each part working together, then it won't come together. See, we're all in this together. And every part is very important in order for the work of God and the house of God to be able to serve one another. We have come to serve you. We've come to bless you. Get that attitude that everybody that comes in, you want to serve them and be a blessing. And guess what? God will bless you. Amen? And when you serve others, God will make sure that you're taken care of. When you sow into others' lives, God will take care of your family life. Because sometimes there's family members that you need to just get your hands off of 
put them on the altar, quit carrying around, dragging them around, wearing yourself down. They don't want to hear what you have to say. But God's got somebody that they will listen to. So you sow into others, and God said, I'll take care of your family. You take care of God's stuff, God said, I'll take care of yours. Amen? So no matter where you've been or what you've done, this is always your home. This will be your home. But you need to find the home where God wants you. But quit looking for the perfect church. Quit looking for the church that has everything, that has 14 programs and, you know, all this stuff going on. Find the church that speaks to your heart and you're going to be fed, okay? Because remember, as soon as you walked in the door, the church became imperfect. So there's not going to be a perfect church. And if you go, well, God, there's this need and I see that need and they need, well, maybe that's why God's sending you there. Maybe you're supposed to go volunteer and help with the children. Amen. Maybe you need to go help one time a month, see? A lot of times we want to look around at what everything, well, they don't have this and they don't have that. Well, maybe God's sending you there to help them with that, okay? So this is your home. You're never, ever alone. So never let the enemy tell you when you're going through a hard time and you're struggling, God said, I'm with you. The family is with you, see? Remember, we're in this When we win together, we lose together. When you're down, we're going to be right there with you praying to lift you up. Amen. When you get blessed, we're going to rejoice and say, me too. I'm getting in the me too line. I'm going to be happy for you. Happy. We will always believe in you and we will always love you. Whether you ever decide to stay here or maybe it's a temporary situation or you move to another place or God tells you and you feel like you're supposed to go to another church. Our prayer is that you'll go, you'll be fed, and that you can go on with God. Amen? Amen. But there are some action steps that you and I can do in closing. Because do you know what an action step is? That means you actually have to do something. You have to take some action. You can't do it sitting down. You have to take some action. So some action steps that will help you to grow and will help God's family to grow, okay, is do what God says in his word. And some of those things are get to know some people in the house of God. Don't always sit next to the person or your family member all the time. Sit next to somebody you don't know. Come early. Stay late. Purposely run over to somebody that visited and go and ask them, hey, look, you know, look, they're not going to think you're going to be nosy. You know what they're more likely to think? Well, they really cared. Okay? What's your name? Are you visiting? Do you live here? Do you have a church home? If you don't, you know, then hey, would you pray about, you know, come back and visit again? We'd love to have you part of your family. If they say, well, I already have a church home, well, praise God. Then we're just glad that, you know, you have a church home. That's what we're important. We're not here to take people from their churches. Amen? We just want to church the unchurched, love the unlovable. Help the ones that are hurting and broken. But on purpose, you've got to do some things. God cannot send them if we will not care for them. See, if you can't care for what you have in your midst, how can he send more? Because he won't. He'll send it to those that are expecting, and he'll send it to those that are doing something with what they have. Amen? So be on purpose and do some things. Have dinner with somebody. You know, you can go to church with somebody for 11 years, and you don't even know how many kids they have. I mean, people live next to each other nowadays, even in houses where you could reach out and touch their house. They live right next door to them. They don't even know what their name is. So that's pretty sad that in the house of God, we have somebody that sits here and somebody that sits here. have been going to church. Let's say together we've been here 11 years now. 
uh, with this church. So we've been going together for 11 years, and do you even know if they have children? Do you know if they live in Alex City, or do they travel from Prattville or Montgomery? See, go on purpose. Start building relationships with the family you have. Then God will say, okay, they need more. They need some more. I'm going to send some more. Amen? So on purpose, make some time. Have some coffee. Take a minute and go over and say, you know what? I've never asked you. How many children do you have? Do they live here? Do you have grandchildren? Get to know one another. Amen? Because remember, it matters. It matters really to God because he wants his family to grow. But he says, I'm going to send them to those that will care for them and love them. Sow some seed here, and like I said, God will take care of your family. And you say, well, man, if I go out to coffee with them, I don't have time for this. You know what? Make time. You make time to go to baseball games, football games, go to the beach. I think you can find 30 minutes to an hour to have coffee with somebody or stay after service for a few minutes and just get to know them. And the other key thing is that we're having small groups. That's a number one way right there for you to build some relationships. Our leaders are starting to have small groups in their home. This is also now an opportunity for you to say to someone who won't come to church with you, has had a bad experience or no experience, but just the word church just kind of freaks them out. So you say, hey... I got one of our people, I got some friends, they're having some little food afterwards, they're going to talk about fishing, maybe they're going to talk about some finances, maybe they're going to talk about some health, maybe they're just going to get together and have some snacks, why don't you come with me, you know, I'm just going to go and have a good time. I guarantee you most of them will come, because that's a safe place, it's someone's home, it's not the church, but that's a step. Because if they're not church and they come with you there, then after they go, wow, you know what? These church people really ain't as weird as I thought they were going to be. <laughs> they're normal. And, oh, my God, they're talking about something that could actually help my life. You know, I, 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 I need help in my finances. I need help in my health. I just need help. Maybe I'd like to know how to sew. Maybe I don't know how to cook. And I heard that they're having something that, you know, see, I'm telling you, it would be real life experiences that will help you in real life. Amen. So these small groups, don't take them for granted when they're happening. We, uh, on marriage, okay, if you, have, uh, if you were having problems in your marriage, if you've been married 40 years, it don't matter. You could still go and be a blessing. Maybe you're going to hear something from somebody else or you could go and impart something out of your life that would be a blessing you see what i'm saying so don't say well i don't need that i'm fine no you're never fine but maybe it's not about you maybe it's who you could bring with you that needs some help and love okay so take advantage of what god has given us because together we truly are better Sow into others, take time to sow into others' lives, take time to go to these small groups, build relationship, and I guarantee you, you'll see a change in your own personal life, in your family, in your children, in your extended family, people that you can't touch or don't want to know nothing about God. You will begin to open up a door for others to come into their life and minister to them because you're ministering to someone else's family. Amen. As Pastor Ron comes, we were made to do it together. Not alone. We're not lone wolves here, okay? We were made to do this together because really, together we are better. Strength comes in numbers. Strength comes in family when family comes together and stands. Because what you're doing is you're building a wall and saying, no, ah, devil, no way, you're not coming here. 
You're not having this family. You're not having my family. Amen. You're not coming over here. There's strength that comes. Faith. Because you're able to encourage one another. Like I said, when somebody else is down or going through a rough time, then the family comes along and is able to pray. You're able to come along and tell them, look, you're not in this alone. We're praying with you and for you. You don't have to tell me everything. I don't have to know everything. God knows, but I can pray with you. I can just let you know I'm locking arms with you. And there's strength that comes in numbers. See, the enemy looks for those that are out just wandering from church to church. Because if they stay in the wandering, they stay in the wondering. Or they come to church and they never get planted. It's like a plant living in a five-gallon bucket. After a while, that plant begins to get root-bound. Then after a while, if you don't transplant it, it will begin to die. Because it cannot grow and flourish. Or it'll just stay stunted. It can never grow to its full potential because it was never taken out and planted into permanent ground to be able to take root and become strong. When you're weak, your family can come up around you and be strong. When you're hurting, we can come around you and love you and minister to you because God's design was for us to be family. God's design was for us to do this together and then go and tell as many as we could to bring as many people as we can to the saving knowledge of God's goodness and God's love. So I encourage you today that if you don't have a church home, find a church home. Get planted. Amen. If you're here and you don't do anything, okay, we need you to come in and get plugged in because see, there's an benefits when you get plugged in. We have another thing out there. I don't know if there's any left because those went pretty good but we call it the benefit package. I have a whole bunch of scriptures for you. See, it's just like when you go to a job and if they say to you, you've got benefits but they never tell you what they are, how can you tap into them? How can you know then? You just know, well, I'm working at a job. I think I got some benefits but I don't know what they are. Okay? Well, God wants you to know there's benefits in serving Him and serving his people. And when you give to God and you give to others, God said, there's benefits. There's more benefits than just sitting and wanting to be served. God said, when you serve, when you sow seed, then I've got some extra benefits for you. His benefit package will outweigh any benefit package you can get in the natural. Amen. So if you'll just stand for just a minute, I'd like to just pray over you. Service, there's always prayer partners standing up here at the front that will always pray with you. If you have something, you know, maybe you've got something you really would like to just say, Look, I need you to agree with me in this, or I'm struggling in this area. If you'll come up here, these people that will agree with you in faith, they will pray for you, and they'll expect that whatever you need in prayer, that it's going to happen. Because, see, around here, we believe that you come in one way, but you go out changed. See, we truly believe that God, everything in his word is yes and amen. That he wants us whole, total package, spiritually, physically, and financially. See, he doesn't want you lacking in every in any area. He wants you blessed to be a blessing. See, it's not about the stuff. But see, when you're serving God, God said, if I give you some extra stuff, though, to bless you, it's because I love you, just like your natural parents would do. But then also what that does is other people begin to say, well, why are you so happy? How'd you, I, you've never had a car. You've always walked. How'd you get that car? God gave it to me. 
are you doing what you're doing? God did it. See, it always points to Him. See, everything we have is for the glory of God. Amen? And He wants His people, though, to be blessed and happy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.